Welcome to the Asset Management Mastery Podcast. Your hosts, Gary Lipsky and Kyle Mitchell, have more than 50 years of combined experience in operations and management, and more than 25 years of real estate investing experience. This show focuses on educating syndicators and apartment owners on how to build systems and manage their properties more efficiently to become a best-in-class operator. 100% straight talk. Let's jump in. Hey, everyone. Welcome to our Asset Management Friday segment of the Passive Income Through Multifamily Real Estate Podcast. I'm your co-host, Kyle Mitchell, also joined by Gary Lipsky. Also, be sure to check out our Facebook group, Passive Income Through Multifamily Real Estate. How many times have you thought there has to be a better way while working through endless rent rolls and historicals? Enter Red IQ, who will process and standardize them, generate deep and accurate property insights, and bring you through the final underwriting all in just five minutes. As for underwriting, thanks to Red IQ's new Excel add-in called QuickSync, you can continue using your own model and instantaneously populate it with the data from Red IQ with just the click of a button. Request a demo today at RedIQ.com. All right. Today on the show, we have Andrew Campbell. Welcome and thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to it. Absolutely. If you could start by telling the listeners a little bit more about yourself and what you currently do. I'm a co-founder at Wildhorn Capital, a multifamily operations group in Central Texas. We've got about 1,800 units and all value add and very focused on uh, asset management in the last month, specifically with all the coronavirus excitement. Well, welcome, Andrew. Let's talk about renovations management Do you manage all the renovations or someone from your property management company does that? We do all the construction management in-house. My partner's background is kind of structural engineering. And so we've brought that in-house and I've actually built out a pretty good machine where we've sourced some product from China and overseas and kind of warehouse it here and then move it around across the portfolio as needed. Nice. So are you bringing like a whole container worth of cabinets or talk a little bit about the whole process and your savings? Yeah, it's nice because it streamlines and we know we're working with similar product across all the assets. So we'll buy in bulk flooring as an example, you know, vinyl flooring and we'll kind of deploy it as needed, light fixtures sinks and things like that. Really, The only thing that's going to be super specific to an asset would be granite countertops. You need to go measure those specifically and then get those ordered. But we're able to do that and it allows us to be really efficient too. Once we close on a new deal, example, we closed just right before all the coronavirus madness. We closed on a deal in Austin and we're waiting to start renovations, just letting things settle down. But we have the product on hand and are ready to go as soon as we decide that the market is ready. And since you guys are buying it direct from China, what kind of savings can an operator get? Are you talking 10%, 20%? Yeah, we've been kind of 10 to 25%. It really depends on the line item, but I think let's call it 20% average on sort of a unit turn. And I think some of the advantages, it's really there's the cost savings, but then there's just the familiarity. And I think you know, we don't do the work ourselves. We obviously have a GC, but they know the product that we're going to use across different assets. So there's familiarity there and it's just rinse and repeat. You know, hey, this surface puck light, is the same across every asset and they know how long it's going to take to use, et cetera. I know a lot of people use their third-party property management companies to kind of manage the renovation products. How do you guys make it seamlessly between them and you and the GC? You can talk a little bit about that. 
Yeah, it's really communication. And we started out that way and had our property manager doing it and just found that they just weren't that good at it. And it was really expensive. You know, they were charging 10%. We charge 5%. So we're charging the property less and do a better job. But it's really our team as the asset manager talking with the on-site manager, kind of looking at upcoming vacancies and what the renovation schedule looks like. And then the GC, who we've got a really good relationship with all three communicating. And a lot of times it's the GC and the on-site manager talking directly and saying, hey, this unit's on vendor key, ready to be turned. You've got two weeks to get it done. It gets back to them. So it's just a communications game. And I think that's one of the benefits of having sourced it already. It's on-site. It's in a container. It's just a matter of those two syncing up so we can get in and get things done quickly. Right. Talk about your usual top three, the biggest bang for your buck renovations that you do and the timeline that's involved as well. So I think the the biggest bang for your buck, I think for us would probably be flooring. We're a group that does vinyl flooring. We do it throughout the unit, including bedrooms, living rooms, and on upper floors. So I think there's a lot of debate in the world now about do you keep carpet in the bedrooms or do you put on upper floors for noise? We do it throughout. I think number one, we feel like that shows better, kind of more modern what people want, but also from a long-term ownership standpoint, it's over the cost of two or three turns. We're not going to have to replace carpet or clean it as much, but flooring, I think makes it a big, big difference paint, you know, it's updating the paint scheme. If you walk into a place that's kind of got brown or beige walls, particularly if it's a kind of 80s deal, it's got eight foot ceilings, you know, lightening that up with a really lighter color, you get a good bang for your buck on that. And then lighting, I talked to mention these surface pucks that we're using, but they look like recessed cans. So we rip out every single fixture that exists, even like a dining room and are putting those cans in their LED lights. Number one, so they put off a lot of light. They really brighten up the space. And I think our general goal is to lighten and brighten the space and open it up. You know, So we will get into taking away upper cabinets and lowering walls and the kitchens and countertops. But I think biggest bang for the buck, I'd say flooring those puck lights and paint. I don't see too many of those lights in apartments. People usually don't touch that area. So that's pretty unique for what you guys are doing. I love them because they don't require any new lighting. It's just a fixture. So anywhere there's already one, you can rip it out. You don't have to go in and do any extra electrical work. And it makes a big difference, particularly if you're in like an eight foot ceiling type apartment, just clean it up, open it up as much as possible. And they're relatively cheap too. So. Real cheap, real cheap. Is there a renovation that you stopped doing that just wasn't bringing the bang for the buck anymore? Nothing that we've stopped. And some of that gets pretty asset specific, you know, like the differences framing a bathroom mirror, for example, or if you're going to come in and resurface tiles in bathrooms or put in new tiles, et cetera. We will tweak kind of along the way in assets and see what really is working. But there hasn't been sort of a uniform thing that we've stopped because we haven't seen a return. And you guys are buying in bulk. Do you guys reassess the level of interior renovations you're doing for a project? Or once you have that business plan, you've bought the materials, you're just going to follow through on whether it's 100 or 150 throughout? Yeah, I mean, generally, we're not buying thousands of units worth of product at a time. It's usually kind of 100 units worth. And so that'll be spread across the portfolio. And again, a puck light's going to go no matter what unit that is. And we're also pretty focused on the type of assets we buy. It's not like we're going to go from a 1980 deal to 2015. You know, it's going to be late 80s, early 2000s. And the stuff that we do source would be applicable across anything we might buy. And you're focused on B-class typically or? Yeah, kind of B to A minus, B, B plus, looking for good assets in good locations. It's been our focal point. And what types of challenges you guys face when you're doing a value add renovation that a newbie sponsor should be aware of? I think the scope of work with your GC, making sure it's really tightly defined and that you guys are communicating and that as those first couple of units on any specific asset, you're really inspecting their work. Even if it's a group you have a long standing relationship, which we do, every asset's going to be different. So what are they finding as they're getting in there? And if we are doing any sort of 
demo work and taking out upper cabinets? You know, is there any gotchas that we need to be aware of so we can kind of be adjusting scopes and budgets? So I think really being on top of it at the beginning of the process, both as you're defining the scope, but then as you start that execution to make sure it's sort of unfolding like you think it should. Yeah, I agree. That is an absolute must. I'm going to pass it to Kyle to bring us home. Choosing the right insurance coverage for multifamily properties isn't that complicated if you know who to talk to. At the Garzella Group, we're uniquely qualified to help you navigate the range of policy choices you have, and we're committed to saving you 30% in the process. We do intensive market research and have nationwide relationships, so we can find coverage other insurance brokers simply can't. We should talk. Go to quotenow.biz and we'll start the conversation. All right, Andrew, we ask every guest this last question. What is your asset management superpower? I think communication, you know, just staying on top of it. And so we know all of our managers very well. We text with them. We talk to them. We know the regionals. But I think being a good asset manager is about being a good communicator with your eyes and ears on site, which is your management team, so that you can then make decisions in the best interest of the business plan. Awesome. And I actually have one more follow-up question. Do you have any type of reporting tools that you use with your general contractor to keep track of all these renovations? How do you track those things? And what is the time frame you like to see on the turns? Yeah, so we have a two-week turnaround time from the time that they're giving it on sort of on vendor key to the time it needs to come back. And again, a lot of that is communicating up front so that they know 30, 45 days ahead when units are going to become available so they can plan according to that. The tools we use are just Google spreadsheets. So we've got access, the GC's got access, the onsite management team has access. It's just a separate tab on our normal asset management. So for every asset we have, there's our data sort of dashboard. We have a separate construction oriented one. So we're all know what's happening and there's no, I didn't see this. We can all see that it's real time. Awesome. All right. Well, Andrew, thank you for coming on the show and talking to us about managing renovations. Today, I learned a couple things. Make sure you're focused on your renovations. You have a set plan. The biggest bang for your buck has been flooring, painting, and lighting. And we're definitely going to be looking into those pucks because I like those. And then making sure you stay on top of your general contractor. Gary and I know, you know, if you go in there and you just trust that they're getting the units done without taking a look at them, you can be surprised when you go in there. And it's really important to really go see those first few renovations to make sure they're to your standard. So if you can tell the listeners more about where they can find out about you. Yeah, our company's called Wildhorn Capital. Our website's wildhorncap.com. You can go in there and get all the information about us and connect and would love to talk asset management anytime. Perfect. All right. To everyone listening in, thank you very much. If you like this episode, please head over to iTunes or Stitcher and give us a like, subscribe and review so we can continue to grow this podcast. And we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please go to iTunes and leave a rating and written review to help us grow and reach more listeners. You can also go to the Asset Management Mastery Group on Facebook so you can reach Kyle and Gary and ask your questions that you want them to answer on the show. Subscribe too so you can get the latest episodes. Lastly, to stay updated, go to assetmanagementmastery.com and sign up for the newsletter. If you're interested in partnering with Gary and Kyle, sign up on the contact page so you can talk to them directly. Thanks again for joining us. Be sure to tune in again next week for another episode.